This is Blackstone Joe, and you're listening to Slick Talk. If I say I'm an oil man, you would agree. There's a stink of oil out here. Welcome into episode 93. Again, I am your host, Blackstone Joe. Listeners who are new that may be joining us, I am a senior analyst with Blackstone, as well as host of this podcast where we tell you all about oil and all the things that analyzing used oil can tell you. Today, I have Justin Kilmer on the show with me. Justin is a name that you might recognize if you've been reading any articles lately regarding a 2003 Honda Accord that's racked up over a million miles. That's right, over a million on a V6 motor. I crossed paths with Justin because not only has his name been in the news recently, but he's also a customer of ours. We've seen a couple of samples from this very same Honda that we're going to be talking about, and it was over the course of a workday where actually the co-producer of this show passed along a sample from this Honda in particular. And when you see a gasoline engine with over a million miles, well, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you don't need a new pair of glasses, that there's been no typos on the slip, that you have your ducks in a row before going right into the results because, frankly, the results themselves were also very impressive in the second and latest sample that we got from this engine. And after I was able to reach out to Justin, he was kind enough to schedule a time to sit down and talk with me about his car, his maintenance over the years, use the engine has seen, and his road to a million plus. I think a lot of you might be interested enough already, so I'm going to cut to the chase. This is me and Justin hanging out. We now welcome on very special guest to this episode of Slick Talk, Justin Kilmer. Justin, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So Justin, uh, a.k.a. TX Accord on YouTube and Instagram. I came across your file when one of my coworkers, actually co-producer of this show, he sent a sample my way and he said, whoa, there is an Accord with over a million miles on it. And so I immediately had to look at the sample. He named it the absolute legend and that's certainly deserving. Where does your journey with this 03 Accord start? So actually from the very beginning, my wife actually bought this car brand new in 2003 uh, from Pensacola Honda back when we were dating. And uh, she drove it as her family car for years. And then I took it over and then I've put a whole bunch of miles on it since then. But yeah, we've had the entire time brand new off the lot. Is that normal for you to want to buy a new car and see it through to the end? I mean, what's what's your typical ownership track record go as far as vehicles? Oh, when I was younger, I used to trade cars like crazy. Like every couple of few months, I'd end up with a new car or not new, but new to me car. Uh, I've never had a car this long. I've never had a car with nearly this many miles or anything either. I think this is the first car I've ever taken over 200,000. So what made it so special? Was it, you know, how well it did on gas, the Honda reputation? I mean, they have great reputations around here with what we do in oil analysis, but was there something on your end where over the course of owning it those first few years, you thought, we're really going to stick it out with this one and just see what it can do. Um, well, 
the special thing about this car to us, at least my wife and me, we, we both uh, are manual transmission fans and it's a six speed. Right. This was the first year the Honda put in the six speed with the V6 in 2003. And so uh, she bought it specifically for that reason. And, uh, you know, just kept on going and, uh, you know, we really like the cards. It is good on gas, uh, you know, all power options, leather interior and everything. So I had everything that we were looking for and, you know, just kept driving it. Well, that brings me to another topic. The video you took, which people can check out on your YouTube channel. I don't know if it's on your on your Instagram as well. But when you're crossing that million mile mark, I was watching that video earlier today. And the coolest part about it for me was hearing that transmission shifting in the background because it brought up so much nostalgia <laughs> for me because I learned how to drive on a manual. So I love the experience of that. Right. They're so hard to find now. So the manual was definitely a, a big part in you hanging on to it for all these years. For sure. Uh, currently in our garage, three car garage, all three, uh, all three garage stalls are filled with accords. They're manual transmissions. <laughs> or they have manual transmissions. Love it. So, so yeah. When it comes to oil analysis in particular, one thing I was curious, you're a flight simulator instructor. Uh, was oil analysis ever talked about in your line of work? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess like when there's engine problems and things like that, uh, you know, we may not as pilots, we may not, not get the download of the details of everything specifically, like not, Definitely not, not like you send, uh, just be like a kind of generalized statement. Hey, we found this. This is the reason for the problem and we're going to fix the type thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, heard about that before, you know, definitely through aviation as well. And as far as yourself jumping into the experience, how did you get introduced to Blackstone Laboratories or, you know, the industry in general? Okay. Uh, so I've got a friend, uh, Tim, who I've met online. I've since, uh, hung out with in person a couple times, a uh, real good friend. We chat all the time and he'd been using uh, your services for quite a while. And, you know, at one point he just said, Hey, you should uh, send off a sample, especially with all the miles the engine had on it. And so uh, he's like, yeah, you just, you know, go to the website, request a kit, they'll mail it to you. And uh, he said, you just take the sample and send it back to him. He said, you know, give me your credit card information. And they'll send you this little personalized report. So I did that. Um, my first report here from y'all came from uh, April 23rd of 2021 car had almost 800,000 miles on it. Uh, so that's how I got turned on to it. And, uh, you know, I, it's really neat all the stuff that you analyze. And then I think part of the coolest part of it is the uh, comment section where, you know, it's actually got personalized comments. It's not just, Hey, we tested it and it had X amount of whatever in the, in the oil. So I, I like the personalized part of it as well. Yeah, definitely. That's what appeals to me about writing the comments as well is the fact that we're free to connect and sort of mm -hmm. you know, insert any sort of personal you know take we might have. And if I had seen that first sample from your Honda, I mean, right away, I'd be jumping to make sure we had our details correct because <laughs> 790,000, you know, is impressive enough. And I want to talk about that first sample a little bit because we saw a couple of high levels back then, but obviously... Mm -hmm went way further and and didn't have to do any major engine work that I know of. Specifically, we saw a lot of copper and lead. And I'm, I was wondering, back then you had mentioned using, I believe, Marvel Mystery Oil around that time, or was there any other additive in, in the maintenance history around that 
point in time? So, yeah, specifically around that point in time, I had started adding a little bit of Marvel Mystery Oil to the oil uh, shortly before it in, or before the oil changed, say a few hundred miles before I changed. I'd let some of that run through uh, and keep that in there for a little bit. Uh, and then I had used some engine restore. Now, of course, the more miles the car had on it, started using some oil. Um, I remember back in the day, I could actually change oil and run probably about 4,000 miles or so before I had to add a drop of oil to it. And then, you know, as time went on and miles went on, then it started working a dip ways down to 3,000, 2,000, so on and so forth. So as I noticed I was, you know, going through more oil uh, between changes, I had started uh, adding every once in a while the uh, restore the engine restore. So uh, that's where y'all said that those levels came from was from the engine restore, the yeah. heavy, heavy metal levels in there. Yeah, it makes perfect sense because I remember looking at the slip on that first sample, seeing the MMO and thinking, well, harmless doesn't really leave any elements behind. I was like, but restore though, because the, the reason that jumped out to us, copper and lead, they were at similar levels and the additive uses a heavy dose of each of those elements. So the fact they were similar, but also the fact that every other metal looked good and there was enough of each of those metals where unless you were noticing like low oil pressure, some sort of a knock, it just didn't make sense for all of that to actually be from the bearing. So it's good to know a harmless source of each of those elements mm -hmm. because clearly you're able to go a lot longer. So I, I want to talk next about the gap between these samples because it's a lot of mileage. Was there anything maintenance wise between the 790,000, I know it's a big stretch, <laughs> and, and, and the million where you really had to invest some time or, or labor into keeping that Honda on the road? Um, well, with the J-Series engine specifically, they require a uh, timing belt change approximately every 105,000 miles, and I've stuck to that. So uh, in between those samples, it would have had a couple where actually I'd, I changed the timing belt if I recall correctly, around 850,000. And then uh, the engine kind of got sick a little bit, we'll say at just over 900,000, about 920,000 uh, ended up, I still haven't pulled the engine apart yet. It either dropped a valve or uh, sucked a valve seat out. But anyhow, number one cylinder went away. It just went to zero compression. So that, that's been my big thing with uh, the original engine. So didn't do any maintenance as far as opening it up necessarily. It's just the, you know, the timing belts, you know, or the, the one timing belt replacement between the two of those. So you're able to keep it rolling even with the one cylinder being gone, it still, <clears throat> still ran well enough or, or what exactly was the, was the difference in operation on your end? Yeah. So it's pretty surprising. So, um, you know, it was right around 920,000 miles. Uh, you know, I was out driving one night and car made a shutter and, started flashing the engine light at me. And so I pulled over, I actually had my scanner in the car with me. So I scanned it multiple misfires and everything like that. So I've got a shop that I use locally for certain things. And so I sent it to the shop and I told them what happened and uh, they tested it and they did a leak down test and said, yeah, number one cylinder has got zero compression. It's dead. And so, uh, you know, my mechanics recommendation, he said, you know, with the high miles on the engine, he's like, if you try to you know, do a valve job or put new heads on there. He said, if you restore the compression, he's like, it may blow the rings out. So he said, you know, you're currently using about a quarter every thousand miles. He said, if you blow the rings out, it'll be like a quarter every hundred miles. And at that level, I was so close to getting to a million and uh, Honda had never had a V6 hit a million. And so I'm really, really wanting to make it. So 
he said, well, it'll run for a good little while if you uh, leave it alone. He said, you know, your gas module suffer, your power will suffer, but he said it'll run. So I trusted him and uh, just kept running it. So after I went to the five cylinders, I went from about 28 miles a gallon on the highway down to about 20. So it really hurt my gas mileage a lot. Of course, power was way down, really, really slow, especially in the uh, South Texas heat and everything. But but the thing is, it still ran. And so it was good enough to get me around. I made a couple halfway across the country trips with it. Uh, wasn't scared to drive it even off five cylinders, oddly enough. And then uh, we finally just pulled the engine about, a f- well, three or four weeks ago, we pulled it out. It's got a million fifteen thousand seven hundred eight miles on it. Wow. It, it shocks <laughs> me just to look at the numbers here. And I'm <laughs> yeah. in this, especially because we fast forward to this latest sample and I was showing this to uh, my boss, the president of Blackstone. And before we got on the call, I was just showing the results to him and saying, hey, check this out. I'm going to talk to this guy. And he looks at that second set of wear levels and he goes, well, it's a Honda, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he just wasn't surprised. So, um, yeah, with this amount of mileage on the engine, I see that in about 3000 miles, you burned a little over a quart. Was that pretty consistent as far as your rate of oil consumption? Or was that something that cropped up, you know, maybe recently after the, after the issues with the number one cylinder or just tell me a little bit about oil consumption and what you came to expect during your later stages of ownership. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. I think I said earlier that as the engine got more miles on it, it started of course using some more oil between changes. And so, whereas I used to be able to go the 4,000 miles or so before adding oil, then it worked its way down and it got, a, got all the way down to about a thousand miles for every quart. Um, I noticed when I would change the oil, I could maybe get 12 to 1500 miles before I'd have to add oil. And then usually after that first time I added it, it was about every thousand miles or so. So, I mean, we're talking, and I mean, obviously I try to keep up with the maintenance and care of it and stuff. Otherwise it never gets to this level, but uh, we're talking basically every, every fill up, I was, you know, popping the hood, checking the oil, trying to make sure, because you know, sometimes I drive three, 400 miles and it'd go from the high level on the dipstick down to the low level. And I'd have to add about a half quart there. So uh, I was really trying to keep up with that. But yeah, the the problem with number one cylinder didn't seem to really weigh one way or the other on the oil consumption. It seemed to be consistent through that. It just was lack of power and the fuel economy. But yeah, over time, it had just worked its way down. But, you know, the f- thing I found funny was, you know, I worked it down to where it was a thousand miles for every quart of oil. And that's what a lot of manufacturers are saying for new cars is considered to be normal, which to me just sounds crazy. I know all the oil I've put in this thing lately, and I wouldn't want to do that to a new car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's one engine model in particular I'm thinking of off the top of my head where it's advertised by the manufacturer that it can burn up to a quart every 500. And that's that's right out <laughs> right out of the gate. So you're doing a that's long crazy. way from that. Yeah. But- as far as the oil and the filter, I, I'm curious, did you have a dedicated um, maintenance plan with regards to, I'm going to use this oil, this filter, no matter what, every fill, or did that sometimes change for you? Um, so, yeah, very good question. Of course, you know, when people hear about the car, that's one of the first things they ask is actually like, what kind of oil do you use? Like almost bar none. That's the question I get most often is, you know, what do you use for oil that everyone wants to know that. Um, so right out of the gate, when we, or when my wife bought the car, um, you know, I looked in the owner's manual, I believe 
thinking back all these years ago, I believe it's uh, 3,750 miles is what they recommend for uh, oil change interval. And back then we were just running regular, you know, conventional oil. I was running a Castrol GTX. I had used Castrol pretty much my whole life as a kid growing up and liked it a bunch. So Castrol GTX was the, the way we went. And I used that all the way up to approximately 140,000 miles. And I was changing it pretty much per the manufacturer's recommendation about every 3750 or so, give or take a few miles, obviously. And at 140, I guess for no particular reason, I decided to give Mobile One a try. And so I, you know, I decided I was just going to give it a shot. I'd heard all these years about synthetic, about how much better it was and stuff. And so I thought, well, let me just give it a shot. It's supposed to be able to last longer between changes and stuff. So I went to went to the store, got some uh, Mobile One 5W20, the extended performance. And right there on the jug, it says, you know, superior protection, like up to 15,000 miles. And I thought, well, let's see. <laughs> so literally, and this is what usually blows people's mind, literally around 140,000 miles, I switched over to Mobile One. From then on until just recently, just the past, like, say, 80 or 100,000 miles, I was on, I was running basically 15,000 mile oil change intervals. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought, well, they advertise it. And so I'll just see and i mean yeah i would have to add oil between you know changes and stuff but uh you know wasn't bad in the beginning and then of course progressively got worse as you know the miles piled on the engine and stuff but yeah that's when we switched over and um as far as oil filters i've used fram a long time ago i know i've since heard you know some differing opinions on fram things but um pretty much anymore it's been uh pure later uh I run that a lot and then uh, mobile one filters. Uh, but you know, I'm right. If I'm keeping the oil in there that long, I'm putting the better filters on the ones that are advertised for those extended oil change intervals. So I'm buying like the higher level filters. I've used K and N as well, but you know, it's pretty much been pure later, like pure later one, pure later boss or the mobile one or uh, the K and N filters that I've been using for the past several years. During those 15,000 mile runs. I mean, is, are we talking mainly highway miles? Yes, for sure. Because that's, um, that's one thing I was curious about, because not only is it a Honda, which tend, they don't tend to make a lot of metal, we see mm-hmm. that all the time, but also they're well-suited to these longer oil runs, and that's often playing a role in how little metal they make and how good they look, because all that highway mileage is so much easier on a motor mm-hmm. than constant you know, stop and go. So it doesn't surprise me you're able to get those 15,000-mile runs with you know ease on the engine not just because of whatever oil you're using, but the use being so perfect. When you were getting into these 15,000 mile intervals, did anyone think that's crazy because of what use the car is seeing? Like, did you get any pushback from people you knew or anyone who worked on cars, anything like that? Well, I got a good friend who's helping me put the new engine in the car now. And he's, uh, he's helped me with both clutches that I've replaced and things like that. And so, uh, years ago when the car had a few hundred thousand miles on it, I told him that I'd been running mobile one 15,000 mile intervals. He thought it was crazy. He's like, I've never seen people do more than about 6,000 miles. He's like, I'd never do that. But he said, obviously it's working, you know, at 300 plus thousand, he looked, you know, looked inside the oil cap there and he's like, yeah, it looks pretty clean. He's like, can't fault you for what you're doing. Cause it's obviously working. Mm-hmm. And with this new motor, I mean, what, what are you looking at as far as, the engine type or are you going with a, another v6 of the same make model like what went into your choice of the replacement motor it's the exact same uh, i know a lot of people try to modify and do different things but with this being my daily driver and i'm still planning on keeping it as a daily driver for you know foreseeable future 
I didn't want to put anything in that was not going to be reliable. So ended up going back with the uh, same Honda J38 Ford, the three liter V6. It's the exact engine that came in it, you know, in 2003. So it's just an identical engine. Um, there's a company that had bought some stock stock of engines from Honda and was uh, reselling them. And so I got it from them. And uh, yeah, it's a brand new zero mile Honda engine, pretty and shiny. Yeah. So you're getting ready to, to install or is it, where, where are you at as far as the process of getting the Honda back on the road? So it's taken a lot longer than I'd hoped. Uh, but uh, last night uh, he came over and we actually got the engine dropped back in the car. So now it's just a matter of getting everything bolted up and wiring and put the intake on, things like that. So we're hoping by next week we're back on the road. But uh, it's been down for a little over a month, just work schedules and different things like that. My friend was sick for a couple of weeks and stuff. So taking a lot longer I'd hoped for, but yeah, I'm hoping next week's finally the week I'm back on the road yeah. with it. What's your, what's your break-in procedure going to be as far as the first couple of oil changes, filter type, oil type, so on? So that's what I was looking at online, trying to figure out like what the recommendations were. And really, you know, it seems like just like with the type of oil people use, it's a lot of opinions and, oh, I know someone that did this and that. And so I've read about the hard break-in procedures and easy break-in procedures. Um, you know, my friend said, well, he's like, do you think that, you know, Honda spends, you know, all this time to specifically run a certain procedure on every new car? He's like, no, he's like, just start it up. We'll let it run. Make sure it's full of coolant through a couple cycles of the fan. And we'll go out and drive it. Don't be too rough with it for the first you know, little bit. Uh, one thing I did see, uh, it seems that people uh, recommend with a brand new engine to not use synthetic right off the bat. So I went and got uh, conventional oil, which oddly enough is getting hard to find. I went to Walmart and in 5W20, the only thing I could find that was conventional was Quaker State. Mm -hmm. So I got a couple jugs of that and I figure I'll probably run the first little bit for maybe 500 miles, change it out, new, new oil, new filter, and then maybe do another 500 mile interval. And then after that, probably just switch back to mobile one and just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after a couple of oil changes, when the break in and the sealer are gone and then, you know, mm -hmm. get back to a more standard oil change interval would definitely be what we're typically accustomed to seeing and what we, you know, fully expect to see good results, you know, out of that replacement motor as well. So yeah, we hope to see, um, how that, how that new motor does for you and, and how it performs. Um, as far as the medical courier work, is that going to continue? Or are you going to be planning on sticking to, a lot of driving, a lot of highway miles with a new engine in place. So, I mean, it's, it's not like as a young kid, I said, one of these days I'm going to have a car with a million miles and it's going to be popular. No, I, I had no, no uh, plans or idea that this would ever happen. But um, as the car got closer and closer to a million, I decided to just, you know, let it go and see what I could get out of it. But now that I've hit it, I, I keep joking with people. No one cares about a car with a million and 50,000 miles. So you know, unless I was going to run it up a whole lot longer, I don't think that, it, I mean, I've got a pretty decent following online now, people that think it's a cool story, but uh, I don't have any plans specifically for miles for, you know, what I'm trying to hit from here on out. Um, I do some, somewhat enjoy the Michael Courier job. Uh, it takes up a lot of time and everything. And I do have another full-time job, the flight simulator instructor. So uh, that, that job as well. So I don't want to, you know, work my life away and never have any time to, you know, spend with, you know, family and friends and stuff like that. So I'm definitely backing off uh, a lot from where I was before with the courier thing, but I'll, I'll still drive, see what I get, but it, I'm not worried about when I'm going to hit a certain milestone anymore. Like I was before the million. 
Yeah, I totally understand. You've definitely put the time in. I'm yeah. curious about the the social media profiles I've been building, you know, as awareness of this car has grown. What's it been like with Instagram and YouTube, the interaction with the online Honda community or just, you know, car guys at large? What's it been like as you have shown this Honda off and and more people have found out about it? So it was kind of a slow build as far as I goes. And I mean, my YouTube channel is still very, very small. I've got like lower 700 subscribers. Instagram is a little bit better. I've got well over 3000 on there. Um, you know, I, for the last three and a half years or so, I've been blogging about it on uh, driveaccord.net, uh, Accord owner website. So I've been, you know, posting things on there and, you know, it's by far the highest mileage car on that site and everything. So I'm well known on that site and everything, but I kind of feel like I was trying to jump up and down on my little corner of the internet, trying to get you know notoriety for it and uh, wasn't able to really do it. I guess I just suck at social media, but um, the algorithms are tricky. (laughs) They are, they are. Um, It's been really neat. I've met people through that website. Like I told you, my friend, Tim, that turned me on to Blackstone, I met him through driveaccord.net. Got a couple other good friends on there that we've, met in person, hung out for a couple weekends and everything. We chat all the time and stuff. Um, one of the uh, neat things is uh, once the million mile article hit, uh, of course, things blew up. Like my social media was really busy for a couple weeks after that hit, which was really neat. Got a bunch more subscribers and followers and things. Uh, but uh, my name, uh, Justin Kilmer. So one of my favorite shows is NCIS. Uh-huh. And there is a there's a Justin Kilmer on that show that is part of the part of the production and and would that be my favorite show of course i'd seen that name on there before well turns out he had you know at some point you know everyone googles their own name once in a while just to see what's out there right he had googled his name at some point and found out about me he had seen a picture of me next to the the navy jet i was flying like a few years ago he didn't know how to reach out to me and so once the million mile thing hit and he saw that he's he made a comment on you know, something with Instagram or, you know, maybe the YouTube video, but said, uh, Hey, you know, I was surprised to see my name in this, you know, in this article or whatever. And I knew about him. And so I wrote back, I was like, is this the NCIS producer? And didn't get any comment back, but he DM me later. And we've actually been chatting like the last few months, like pretty much every week, a couple times a week and stuff. And, uh, you know, we're planning on meeting here next month. So to me, that's one of the coolest thing is I've made friends uh, with this car that I never would have made before. And then, uh, you know, potentially met someone, you know, or going to meet someone with the same last name. And we're, we're thinking we're exploring, there may even be some sort of familiar family relation there down the line. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I would never guess anything like that off of driving a car to certain milestone <laughs> i'm wondering too on the online side it's bound to be the case where you know you have a car that's getting attention did anyone suggest any maintenance to you <laughs> and, and over the course of your posts where, where <clears throat> they thought this guy might need my help my tips my tricks to uh to take care of the car has anyone sort of tried to be an armchair mechanic for you <laughs> as you, as you've uh gained awareness um i I guess the thing that would come to mind is just the people that just think that I'm nutty for going 15,000 miles between oil changes. And since I mentioned that, I'll just say that the new engine, my plan is to 
probably do about seven to 7,500 mile intervals. I think that's probably a little bit more in line with being normal, but you know, I was telling people when I was driving all the time, I was putting on so many miles that even with 15,000 mile change intervals, I was changing the oil every five weeks. So, you know, to me, I didn't, I didn't want to be out in the garage like once every two weeks or something, you know, doing the oil and stuff. So I just let it run with all the highway miles, but yeah, that's probably the biggest thing is just, uh, you know, every once in a while people mentioned about the, you know, oil change intervals and couldn't believe it and stuff. But I, I get a lot of, Hey, I've got, you know, a cord or a civic that's got, you know, 335,000 miles and I've had it for all these years. So I get a lot of those, you know, owner stories as well, which is cool to see. Yeah. And switching gears too, from the Honda, cause I want to make sure we get into this a little bit as well. Um, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're out flying, uh, what, what are you typically flying and uh, how do you get into the aviation side? Okay. So I uh, became a pilot through the Navy and uh, ended up flying, you know, all the flight school aircraft, uh, T-34, T-44, uh, the P-3. I flew P-3 in the fleet for a few years and then started flying their trainer jet uh, called the T-45. And so I ended up flying T-45 for almost nine years. And uh, I retired from the Navy, so I'm not flying for them anymore. But I'm teaching the simulators on the ground. Uh, other than that, I haven't done a whole lot of civilian time. I've rented a couple of Cessnas here and there over the years, but haven't really flown much civilian time, but that, de- you know, definitely military, mostly military time. Yeah. We see a ton of, uh, aircraft samples, as you might imagine, especially mm-hmm. Cessnas, really anything, um, because oil analysis is just as important, if not more so for, for a lot of, a lot of pilots, obviously, and owners as mm-hmm. it is anyone driving anything over the road. So do you ever make it out to Oshkosh by chance? Um, no, I've, seen pictures and stuff and heard about it i've never made it up there uh but i know they have the huge air show and everything that'd be really cool to see sometime air show is a blast we have a booth there um once every two years i believe we're going back this summer as well great time out there so yeah well this has been a really cool experience for me just learning more about your honda your maintenance plan how you've been able to keep this car on the road i want to make sure everyone listening remembers to check out your youtube your instagram page that's tx accord follow along with justin his vehicle ownership maybe learn something along the way who knows you might have a car that you're able to get a million plus on (laughs) perhaps no uh justin we we hope to stay in touch hope to see more samples from you and uh, play any part that we can uh, in your maintenance journey. Cool. All right. Thanks so much for having me. All right. That was Justin Kilmer and I discussing his Honda V6 and the million plus on that motor. Thanks again to Justin for joining me for the show. If you have a story anywhere in the ballpark of this Honda, and heck, it doesn't even have to be that impressive mileage-wise, If you have a vehicle, a boat, an aircraft, anything you've been taking care of that needs oil to do its job, and you have a story that you want to tell, anything related to the maintenance, especially on the oil side, if you've been using our services to keep track of the health or you've hunted down a problem, you've been able to use oil analysis to your advantage to find out what's been going on, we'd love to hear about it. So don't hesitate to reach out. Easy ways to find us are Instagram, Facebook, You can also send us an email, bstone at blackstone-labs.com. And if you haven't been following us already, make sure you go to Instagram or Facebook. Our Instagram handle is Blackstone Laboratories. That brings today's show to a close. 
This is Blackstone Joe, signing off.